Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode of the Nolcast. Bud, it's the wide receivers this time. It's the Good wide receivers for real. Um, we we if you listened to our last episode, we gave you a nice little pump fake uh, that we were going to do wide receivers. I'm just going to chalk that up. I had a great event at, or a great time at the Tampa Noel event, Bud. I don't even know if I've had a chance to tell you this, but the uh, weather in Atlanta was uh, horrible. They closed the airport. I ended up sitting on the runway for five and a half hours in Tampa while we were waiting to take off, and I have uh, certainly acquired something from one of my fellow passengers there. So fighting through a little bit of a head cold. So if I uh, start talking to you about E.G. Green or something like that being available on this year's wide receiver preview, I'll just let you take over. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So, I I mean, I I know nothing about uh, about flight problems in the last month at all. That's uh. Oh, I do have a very something special when they're just like, you're just going to sit here. You're just going to sit here for quite a while. Um, But uh, this has never been a podcast where we complain or talk about stuff that goes on in our lives all that much. And uh, we'll jump right into it. Hey, look, we're we're excited to do all these positional previews. and We're fortunate to have the sponsors that we have. We want to thank Matt Lewis and his team at Congruity, uh, Congruity HR. dot com is the website they can help you with onboarding they can help you with termination they can help you with hr they can help you with payroll uh they are fantastic assets to your business i can tell you that firsthand and would be happy to connect matt and his team with you if you guys had an interest um what i was going to say there before we did our sponsor mention is that we've been excited to do all these positional previews uh, this is the one that we've kind of found a way to talk about in all of the positional previews leading up to this one. So, um, look, there's one, there's you know, there's two guys uh, in particular. There's one new guy that is uh, all the rage, and it'll be exciting to uh, to jump right in here and talk about Keon Coleman, Johnny Wilson, Kentron Portier, and a uh, list of other talented wide receivers that Florida State has. I am extremely excited to talk about this group. I mean, like this is this is easily a top 10 receiver group in the country. And if you were to put the parameters on only the top two, I think you can legitimately argue that this is a if you could just pick two, I think you can very fairly, like no garnet and gold glasses on, argue this is a top five, like maybe a top three or four receiver group in the country like one is fairly obvious okay yes. like one is fairly obvious what what one school don't, in columbus don't has let two. anybody tell you that you have better wide receivers in ohio state just walk out of that that conversation but other than that hey entertain it you can and again if you're talking about the absolute top of the uh top of the food chain then yeah this is this is a dynamic duo uh and there's some pretty exciting pieces behind it so so bruce feldman does the freaks list and i i I want to stick with Johnny because Johnny did show some things last year that he did not show at Arizona State and had legitimate improvement. So I, you know, let's let's go to Johnny first and then we'll talk Keon. Johnny is a really unique player. Feldman today on the athletic, he, he does his freaks list every year. Uh now, Johnny Wilson, 6'7, 239 pounds, 36 inch arm. 10 and a quarter hand standing reach of eight foot 10 35 five vert according to feldman with a 10 five broad and uh, I, I assume he got this for, from fsu because I, I know they're big into the gps stuff 21.23 uh, max mile an hour in a game with an acceleration of uh, 5.26 meters per second uh, and a max d cell 
of negative 7.21 m slash s, which I'm assuming is meters per second, but I, I probably, wait a second. Mm, there's no way you can decel 7.21 meters per second. So I'm actually not sure what the m slash s is there, uh, but that seems good if it made the article. Great. Uh, I will say I did some work on a story for SB Nation that uh, I never published because I left SB Nation shortly thereafter because they stopped caring about sports. But uh, I went to a special lab out in Cali uh, when I was out there for Elite 11, like the last one I did for uh, for SBN. And they were doing uh, like some of that cool deceleration stuff with force plates. And uh, basically, uh, do you know that James Harden is a guy who does not rate particularly high? The, the NBA star, uh, uh, Bud Talks NBA is a popular segment on Cover 3. I, I know a lot about the NBA. I can name several NBA players. Uh, it's one of the first things I think about when I think about it. So James Harden is uh, is like not particularly a, a standout athlete in many of the traditional categories that you would see an NBA star have great uh, – you know, great attributes with, but his deceleration uh, relative uh, to his size is actually like off the charts elite. And so it's sort of the whole Top Gun thing. I'm going to hit the brakes. It's going to fly right by type deal. Uh, I, that's a pretty good decel number for Johnny. And uh, I can see some similarities there. He also improved his drop rate quite a bit. At Arizona State, it was like unplayably bad. Now, last year, it was still bad for sure. I mean, he he had 80 targets, 43 catches on the year. 43 catches for 897 yards, by the way, is stupid good. Like that's yards per catch wise is is huge. Um, but and when we talk Keon, I'll show you the difference here, right? Like the, the difference between making you know sort of mid second money and making first round money is is this. Drop rate was still eight percent. According to the one metric, I think it was 12 according, according to the other site. So like more than double what your traditional elite receivers are. And yet he's still extremely good on a yards per target basis, like a big play machine, kind of like a um, Giancarlo Stanton, right? You're going to live with some of the strikeouts because he's going to hit some balls 500 feet. And if you just keep giving the guy at bats, it's probably going to work out. Occasionally you run bad where you have three strikeouts or, or a four strikeout game. Like NC State, if, if Johnny catches a couple of those balls, you probably win 11 games last year, not 10. But still a much better player to have on the roster than not. They got his hands to a, a playable level, right? And I think that's a, like an area, if he improves the hands even more, I don't think he's ever going to be like a 2% or a 3% guy. But if he can get that down from 8 to like, I don't know, four and a half, five even, dude, that's that's a huge deal. And that's a really unique, special weapon that's going to keep defensive coordinators up at night for this football team. I saw three days of practice. I don't want to make too much of that. Okay. Small sample set. I was impressed by the way Johnny caught the ball. Uh, again, this is not not massive. I'm not going to tell you, oh, things have changed. 180 degree turnaround. But Johnny made two back shoulder catches. Well, I mean, look, the problem, and this is common with wide receivers. It's not the... The hard catches aren't necessarily the problem. It, it's the it's the one where he knows it's coming and has time to think about it. Uh, yeah. But Johnny made some some wild, wildly nice catches. Uh, well, that's the point. dude. Johnny is bigger when you see him. Johnny's put on. I don't know what the roster says. As somebody that was at the bowl game in Orlando, 
saw Johnny a lot and saw Johnny at practice. Johnny's put on 12 to 15 pounds, in my opinion, uh, has put on some muscle in his top half, his back in particular. That is, uh, that is impressive. So very, uh, very good blocker when like a devastating blocker when he gets his hands on a guy too. Um, to your point about like it wasn't always the hard ones that he failed to bring in. He only caught 73% of passes that were graded as on target. Now, if he happens to be your number two, that's freaky. And I think there is a real chance that he is, I'm not going to necessarily call him the two, but he could be a 1B to, to a 1A here in Keon Coleman, who uh, everybody on the team now agrees that he is the best basketball player on the team. Because as you noted, he was like, in the top eight on Michigan State's basketball team. Pretty poor quarterback play last year for Michigan State. 92 targets, 58 catches. Um, so Johnny caught 73% of balls that were great as on target. Keon Coleman, 88%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Michigan State put it on him, he came down with it. The contested catch rate, like his ability to come down with balls when a guy's draped all over him still, off the chart guys freaky athletic and and i i really think um if i asked you who's the highest drafted player on this team you might say verse you're not going to name a whole lot of guys i think before you get to keon coleman right assuming he runs well at, at the combine if if we acknowledge verse i think it's i, I don't think there's another out there um yeah. Maybe something wild happens to the defensive line. That's the only other place where somebody could come out of nowhere, relatively speaking. Um, yeah. Like, I don't think Josh Farmer is going to be a top 40 pick this year, but Josh Farmer has the ability to flash. That that wouldn't, you know, if you're looking for an outlier, I'd look at the defensive line. I, I can't say... Uh, Keon Coleman's just an NFL player at practice. I mean, he's 6'4", really impressive uh, with what he does. And, uh, again, I'm not here to, you know, sing kubaya, but for a guy who's coming in and is a, a crazy talented athlete and is here for four months with the idea of playing on Sundays, dude's a pretty damn good teammate. I mean, it is, and which is something that, that we had heard before uh, he came in. It's pretty remarkable to see it play out in front of you in practice. I mean, he's not – look, I'm sure wide receivers are always going to be wide receivers to some extent, but um, you got you got some impressive c- culture there, and it's uh, all the more impressive when you've got a, a guy that's uh, relatively new to campus who – is fully bought into it and is uh, only adding to it, and and that's what really surprised me by Keon. Look, I knew a new top eight player at Michigan State. Look at look at some of the highlights. You know, you're talking about a dynamic, you know, top tier top tier athlete. Pretty remarkable to see the way he goes about practice, and uh, he said this publicly, and he's also said some things privately to us about his film study that are make you be like, okay, yeah, you, you may have like, you know, the spider graph that you see in soccer all the time. Like, dude, mm-hmm. you may, you may have points that get pretty wide on almost everything here. And that's, 
I'd say you have a kid who could potentially be a you know top thirty-five pick or something like that. They're challenging him too, for yeah. sure. I mean, like like they they're not. Would you let him return kid? punts? This is just kind of all out of out of our normal flow of questions, but just two um, fans sitting here talking. Yeah, I would. I think. Yeah. Um, just because I feel like if you're gonna win, if you're gonna win games 11, 12, 13, and you know, Lord willing, 14, 15, I think you need your top half of the draft players. And we've discussed, and I think we've been pretty open, like there's a lot of professional players on this team. The majority of them will be sort of more back half of the draft just due to ceiling ability. I think if you're gonna win games 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You need your top half of the draft guys to be really special in multiple phases. So yeah, I, I think I would. If, if you're going for it, go for it. Yeah, yeah, good. Well said. Um, do you know who else is really excited about Keon Coleman? I bet. <laughs> I bet you Jordan Travis is like, dude, are you kidding me? This guy catches 88 percent of balls that I put on target. Like Jordan, uh, Jordan. Between the two guys we've talked to and the guy we're about to talk about. If it's 50-50, Jordan doesn't need to eat the ball. I mean, he, he can put it out there. Uh, and look, we'd be talking a whole, whole lot about Kentron Portier, and we still will. I mean, if if you uh, were to just take a straw poll immediately after spring game, that would have been one of the more highly anticipated pieces on this offense and see what he turns into. In some ways, you know, it may be the best thing that could happen for for Portier to come back and be the you know wide receiver number one in in twenty four and really have a feature year. But I I still don't think this is a write off by any means. What I am, what I'm really interested in, Bud here is uh, in you know neither was we're not we're not trying to play offense coordinator here. But when you sit here and you talk about the two wide receivers that we talked about, you talk about Kendron, talk about Deuce Span, who's a nice wide receiver in his own right. Talk about the tight ends. Talk about the running backs. You, how, how, how much use is the slot going to get in this offense? That, that's what I'm really wondering. And, and how much do you maybe modify what you're doing if you don't feel like you have somebody out there that's going to, you know, if you're not better used deployed using two backs in a set or two tight ends in a set or something like that. So I, I am... I'm curious as to what that looks like, how much they lean on it, and if they are using this lot a whole lot, who that necessarily is. Because I, I don't think, you know, uh, I hate it for Winston Wright. Um, I just, I don't know that he's ready yet. Uh, and I, maybe I'm wrong. And maybe, you know, catches for 67 and 72 yards against LSU will, will be all the proof in the world that I need to see that I'm wrong. But, I, I do have some questions there as to what that position group looks like, how it's used, and how that may change some of the overall outlook as to what they do on offense. Totally fair. Um, I mean, look, I, the 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 videos like from practice are are out there from Florida State and and, and all the media, and like they're they're pretty hawkish as far as of what you can and and, and can't put out, and so I. I I don't think anybody out there is under any illusions that, that Winston Wright is back to what he was when you got him from West Virginia. And, and to recall, uh, he was considered at the time the best receiver you had out of the portal. Certainly the most proven 
uh, when he came over from West Virginia. I mean, this was a guy who was an 88 target guy, caught the ball extremely well, also a, a valued asset in the return game. House you know, and kickoffs. I, yeah. yeah. I mean, so dynamic athlete. For sure. The you know, car crash, which was not, a, not even his fault. Um, it just sucks for the kid, man. Um, kid i mean he's, he's you know a, certainly an adult now uh i don't mean that in a derogatory way but you lose him well not lose him but like certainly uh let's just kind of level set here like winston right there is some chance he gets back to what you need him to be at some point in this season it would surprise me if that happens early in the season but stranger things have certainly happened uh, micah Pittman decided to take it on down the road to utah I think if that move had really bothered Florida State, Florida State maybe could have done something about it. And I'm going to read into the fact that they didn't. Johnny Wilson last year took 28% of his snaps out of the slot, actually. Um, Johnny, for how big of a guy he is, is someone who has worked hard to get off press. Relative to his size, Johnny getting off press, I would say, is not a strength of his. He actually has much better agility, like we talked about in, in his numbers earlier, relative to his size than you would expect. He's not necessarily the best guy off press, although he is improving. And that's certainly an area that I know uh, opposing defensive coaches in the Pac-12 when he came from Arizona State thought they could exploit. Like if he got up in his chest, they thought he didn't fight it off real well. Putting him in the slot does help him to get a more clean release oftentimes. Jaheim Bell last year, while he did take 73 carries for South Carolina, the majority of his snaps actually came not as an inline tight end. That was only 20%. 40% of Jaheim Bell's snaps were in the slot. So I'm not a math major, and I did go to Florida State, which is improving. Maybe they can join the AAU. But if you add together Jaheim Bell and Johnny Wilson's per, like like slot percentage here, and this is definitely like not solid math. You're at 68. Um, that's not terrible. I, we talked in the tight end preview how it just makes all the sense in the world to use Jaheim Bell as a sort of a slot guy. South Carolina did it. I mean, it's just pretty clear that that fits his skill set well. So, uh, yeah, man, I don't know if you have a traditional slot on this team. And by traditional slot, I think we both mean what? Like shorter, shiftier, kind of like, you know, yeah. compressed compress space option route type guy. Um, yeah, so a five foot ten kid that can give uh, interior defenders fits trying to match up and, and a guy that's finding holes uh, within kind of that, you know, eight to 15 yard bubble uh, within kind of the mid layer of a defense. But um yeah, that'll be interesting, man. Uh, I, you know, Jaheim Bell, you probably see him line up in 11 different places this year. I wonder if he's not somebody that you use in what we would, you know, look at traditionally as a slot um, or just the slot. I mean, you don't you don't have to be 5'10 to run that. Um, you bring up a good, choice, uh, a good point about Johnny getting a, a cleaner release, maybe, if you put him there. Uh, I'm interested. Uh, you know, Darian will, uh, Darian Williamson's certainly not a, a traditional slot wide receiver, but a guy that if he can stay healthy, I think the coaches will be kind of creative and trying to find ways to work him into what they're doing. Um, 
you got three guys that are going to eat up. You got two guys that are going to eat up a hell of a lot of snaps and a hell of a lot of targets. Uh, Kentron is kind of right there in that, you know, second layer. And then there's a whole lot of TBD when it comes to what the rest of this unit is going to look like. And out of, out of, Somebody associated with the program today tell me that that uh, Deuce Span had his best day of practice so far. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what that means. See if the light's starting to come on. A uh, whole lot of talent. A whole lot of guys that are going to have to prove themselves and make the most out of, you know, limited opportunities, at least from the initial, you know, snaps. Now, this team may beat the hell out of a lot of teams, and some of these guys may get more snaps than they would have otherwise. But for that, like, you know, snaps that matter most, it's going to be hard to to push past those, those first two and, and particularly the first three that we talk about. Completely agree. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Span too, um, because I, I want to talk Span and I, I want to talk Douglas, like just briefly. One thing that I do like about Mike, and maybe this was more just born out of necessity, right? Uh, but we would complain at times that Jimbo would not utilize a guy's like special skill if he couldn't be adequate at all of the other things. We have definitely seen Mike say, hey, you know what? Your skill is your elusiveness. We're going to just put you in a role. It's not 60 snaps a game. It's 10 or 15. You can help this team run a decoy a couple times and you'll get the ball a couple times. You know, may- Maybe that's lining you up in the backfield if you're Douglas and all of a sudden, motion him out wide, and you get the matchup you like, and, and he goes. We've seen that a couple times. I think Jakai yeah. Douglas is the perfect representation for this. Yeah, and Span yeah. like Span's got a couple of end rounds before they haven't always worked, but like clearly Mike's kind of scheming and thinking. And how much? No, of that there's another wrinkle off of that, and I'm not saying for practice. I'm just saying from who the kid is and what he used to do. No doubt uh, that he he has some has some uh, some different ability. Now, how much of that was born out of necessity because the receiver room was really pretty bad two years ago and got better last year and was not amazing, but it was certainly extremely improved? And how much of that will still continue? How much of that do you need to do, right? I, If you have – if Coleman and Johnny Wilson are healthy, I think they're both 80-target guys, probably. You know, maybe 75 on the low end if you're just killing teams and you're trying to keep these guys' legs fresh. But if that happens, that means you're probably also playing, you know, 13. Well, 13 would be the, so 14 games, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think if they both stay healthy, your minimum 75 target cast. Um, that's a lot. I'm curious to see how they do it. And I'm also really like, I want to see, I want to see all day Dre, Dre Jacobs, right? Who's a dude who I know. They definitely like, and that's just a Florida State camp find to a certain extent. The guy was very productive in high school against not very good competition at times. He always killed it in person at the Florida State camps. He did not dominate when he went to the elite camps. I'm not guessing on that. I was actually there. Like I was like, damn, like I wish he would play here like he plays when he's in Tallahassee. And at the time the quality of player that he was playing in Tallahassee in those camps was poor because Florida State was not doing a great job two years ago of getting really elite kids on campus like they do now, a lot, right? So 
he's come in and, and you know was was very very good in spring and and I mean I could see him playing maybe some slot that could make some sense right he, he's kind of shifty and and I think he's probably an advanced route runner as a receiver. Are we missing anybody here that we can talk about? No, I mean Jacobs. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up. Um, again, only three practices. A guy that you couldn't watch more than five or ten minutes of spring without jumping out at you immediately. Um, Hakeem Williams, I will tell you while I was down there, uh, he was walking out of practice. Mike ran by, threw a sh- arm over his shoulder and said, that's the best two practices you've had since you've been here. You got to keep doing it. You got to keep working like that. Um, so that is a guy that is supremely physically gifted, very raw, you know, admittedly told you that I think he ran two rights, routes in high school, either the route where they threw it to me at the line of scrimmage and I just <laughs> make everybody bounce off me or the route where I just run by everybody and they throw me the ball. That was it's going to gonna get a little bit more complex uh, at the college level. And Hakeem is catching on and has been has moments where you're like, oh, yeah, that's 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 what the high school ranking was about. Uh, but it's just going to take some more time to probably shine that that diamond to where it's reflective of the ranking but uh no vendors um or or all day dre maybe that's the guy again i i don't i don't think he necessarily earns a ton of playing time before clemson i think you're going to kind of roll with what you have but that's a guy by midway point could start to shake up the dynamics of some of the some of the snap dynamics and target dynamics that were that we talked about five or six minutes ago absolutely so, um, kind of a weird thing here. Normally, like if you could play twelve personnel and feel really confident in it, I, I think it's certainly an advantage against some college defenses that are made to to really play, uh, you know, to play more nickel. Um, it's interesting. Your first two opponents are just like, for our our casual listener. One back, two tight end. Sorry, yes, uh, 12, 12 personnel, one, one back, two tight end, two receiver. Your, your first two big opponents both have like two studs at linebacker each. You know, it, it, that's that's going to be a hell, hell of a battle when, when you go to face LSU with with, with Perkins Spade. And obviously, I mean, Trotter at Clemson is, uh, is, is really, really good, and, and they, they, they feel pretty good about that group apparently. So I'm, I am interested to see that, like, if you could, would you want to spread those guys out a lot? I think the answer for Clemson is probably not because I do think that a lot of those young DBs are, are going to grow up pretty well. Uh, and they had a lot of guys who were veterans who got hurt last year. I mean, they're if you think about it, they can play Barrett Carter all over, all over the place. I mean, that's not really a guy you want to face in, in a super spread type thing. Nate Wiggins, Jalen Phillips, uh, Mickens, uh, Wiggins, Sheridan Jones, uh, Toriano Pride, sophomore there now. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to count Tyler Venables uh, in in that. Uh, T.J. Dudley is obviously off the team, so um, yeah, I, I maybe you you would want to super spread out LSU in theory because of some of the defensive back problems they've been having. And maybe we sh- maybe we'll save the rest of this for when we kind of run down some of the opponent stuff. I don't know. We're, we're at like 28 minutes on the receiver. We, this is why we only did like 12 minutes on tight end. Cause we knew this was going to go long. This is, this is a really, really fun group, man. When you go to practice, 
this group and the offensive line jump out at you. Was it two years ago you were 14 and 14? Or was that three years ago? Do you remember how shit David Hale got for that? And he was totally right. Like, think about the guys you were happy about. We were hoping yeah, that Josh Burrell could make yeah. an impact as a freshman, maybe creatively. Right? The the kid they got from Kansas, uh, Parchment. Parchment. I mean, to no fault of his own, he caught fourth and 14. But all, but still, like, Parchment would not play for this team. No. Yeah. No. No, he would not. No, he would not. This is, this is a... Uh, have fun. Have fun watching this. Have fun watching what we are pretty confident in telling you what Keon Coleman's going to look like this year. And Johnny, already freak, only turned into more of one over the summer. Going to be a hell of a time watching this unit. This is going to be an awful lot of fun.